Hey guys, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time today. Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, five reasons to develop self-awareness. Now, as I was wrestling with this, this, this topic about self-awareness and I've been wrestling with this idea of, of becoming self-aware through personality and, and understanding what, it, what inspires you, what motivates you, and what are some of the, maybe the things that you struggle with and uh, you know, some, some of us have these perceived things that we know to be true about us, or at least that we think that, to, that we know are true about us. Um, and then, so recently, I was introduced to uh, this, this thing called the Enneagram. If you've heard about the Enneagram, um, I actually been finding out more about it. I just thought it was like a new trend, fan, you know, fancy schmancy, you know, uh, Myers-Briggs personality test type thing that it's just a new trend of personality tests. And, you know, I've, we've all, all taken those Facebook personality tests, right? And, <laughs> you know, ENFJ and all sorts of stuff. And so I just thought it was one of, another one of those. And then I got assigned this book actually by our, for our uh, pastors meeting that, that, I, that I'm part of. And it's called The Road Back to You. And understanding and actually finding out more about the history of the Enneagram, um, it's actually very old. It's actually an ancient practice uh, developed, I believe, by some like monk, some friar um, <laughs> back in like hundreds of years ago. And so it's, it's been around for a long time and it's starting to kind of make a resurgence in the church again today because it was written for people in the church. It was written for Christians. And I didn't realize that. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so it was neat to, to find out more about this. And, uh, and so... Um, the, the very the very first topic that I wanted to, to wrestle with, you know, because I wrestle with this, it's the sense of humility, like, well, you're supposed to think less about yourself, right? This, you're not supposed to be selfish and self-thinking. It's not, not so much that you're not supposed to, to think, you know, li little about yourself, but think less about yourself. And so I always had this, this interpretation of humility as, as not being self-aware. But it's interesting to, to find out more and more about about you know this this monks this this brother in Christ is his motivation behind writing this and the first reason right off the bat the very first reason you know to develop a self-awareness is number one it glorifies God it glorifies God to understand how to live in your own skin as an image bearer of God because here's the thing about 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 our lives and our personality so this the Enneagram is about personality but the personality is that part of your personality but I would say about half of your personality is, is you're born with it. it. This is who God has created you to be. And so g developing a keen awareness for your personality and how you operate within your, how you live within your own skin is glorifying to God because it's finding out and discovering the personality that he's given you, the, the proclivities and stresses and securities and just and what motivates you. Like what is, how has God created you to be motivated, to be known, to be loved, to be driven? Um, but and finding these things out so that you can fully grow and, and develop and live into who God has created you to be. Um, and is, of course, I want to I want to be very careful to say that this is not you know you can't it's not that this can change or like you, you develop you know, your your many different you know parts of the, the enneagram and I'll introduce that here in just a second here. But it's interesting to ask the question: Do you really know yourself? You know, do I truly know myself? You know, how much does our our past that has developed the other portion of our personality? Uh, how much does it is it actually interfering with our present, uh, our present reality? The things that the, the the coping mechanisms and the uh, the way that we've we've experienced and developed a personality in order to 
to interact with life around us and people around us and our church culture and our culture culture around us, uh, the people around us in the world. How do we, you know, understanding ourselves is is getting to uh, to know, and oftentimes to interact to enter into. Um, some of the the difficulties that have happened in our lives, the things that have happened to us, and understanding what these different uh, approaches and different people in our lives, you know, growing up, understanding what kinds of how they've how they've taught us to interact with the world, positively and negatively. You know, are there you know understanding the enneagram and our, and our number uh, <clears throat> is get is really uh, helping you know helps to understand. And delve into maybe some past hurts in our life, um, the way that we've maybe interacted and hurt others as well, and so it, it helps us to actually engage uh, with our own life, with our own memories, our own history, um, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, um, grasping some of the weaknesses that we, we might have, and just like I said, it's, everything is about discovering Christ. It's about discovering how God has created us. Uh, and as, as image bearers, because we bear the image of God, you know, he said, let us make that man in our image. And that includes our personality. And so uh, it's, it's interesting. So I, I wrote down some, some notes in my journal here about just about this. You know, some, a couple questions that I, that I wrote down, you know, do we see the world through our eyes or through those of the children that we were? You know, oftentimes talk about our inner child, right? And this is where that comes from. Our inner child is basically just the, the personality that we've developed over the years from personality, you know, from our experiences as children, because that's when we learn and develop our personality. Um, and so, so understanding that. So what are the hidden wounds and misguided beliefs we pick up as kids that continue to secretly govern our lives from the shadows? Um, and so another question is how exactly would wrestling with these questions with questions like these help us to better know and understand God because remember it's all about God it's all about understanding him and, and I love how he, he talked about this in, in the book he said to know oneself is above all to know what one lacks it's to measure ourselves against truth God's truth God's word himself uh, God himself and what he's written and not the other way around it's not understanding, trying to understand scripture through our personality. It's trying to understand scripture through scripture. It's trying to understand our personality through scripture. Understand who we are through scripture. That, and that is first and foremost, the, the part and partial, uh, what we develop is, is understanding, a proper understanding of how to live our lives through, the, through inter, in scripture's interpretation of us um, and not the other way around. Because, and he says, the first product of self-knowledge is humility. So walking in humility, to know yourself. Um, but let's not get, no, forget that it begins with humility, and humility's ultimate goal is confidence. Remember, humility's ultimate goal is confidence. You know, as, as Bible even says, humble yourself and then let God, and God will be the one to exalt you. God will be the one to elevate you. Um, so it's, it's developed uh, confidence and courage. And strength to walk in the truth revealed and who God reveals to us uh, is who we are in light of A, who he is first, and B, who he says that you are, who I am. And so the Enneagram is basically describing um, what it's like to live inside your own skin. Um, And so I want to 
uh, to read off the, the, the nine descriptions uh, of, of the Enneagram, the nine different uh, personalities, if you will. Um, so here, here we are, if I can find it in here. <laughs> here we go. Um, and I, I want to read also, so this is what I did with my men's group uh, last Tuesday. So I read, uh, I, re- I read the number, the description, but also he, he associates these things with uh, deadly sin, the, 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 the deadly sins. But it's interesting to note, so he doesn't t- just talk about it in the way of like saying, you know, this is your deadly sin, but he's talking about it in, in the way in which it describes the personality and some of the weaknesses in each personality. So listen and see if you can kind of identify with one of these. Yeah, and like I said, you might identify with multiple of these. And it's great. You know, it, it, it's as you as you get further and deeper. And first and foremost, I would definitely suggest you pick up this book, The Road Back to You. Because there's also another one, The Road Back to Us, I believe is what it's called. Um, and so this one is talking about self-awareness. And then the other one is actually talking about relational awareness. Uh, so this is self-understanding, understanding your proclivity. And then the second one is how to use yourself, your self-awareness. And then how do you understand um, the, the Enneagram in light of relationships and, and with those around you in the church, uh, in your group. So this, and that is going to be super vital for the life of our at groups here at Shift Church, but also your life just individually as you relate to people at work and family and friends and everyone. So here we go. The nine uh, points of, of the Enneagram. Uh, the perfectionist. Ethical, dedicated, and reliable, they're, they're motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world, and avoid fault and blame. And its, dead, its deadly sin is anger. Ones feel a compulsive need to perfect the world, keenly aware that neither they nor anyone else can live up to their impossibly high standards. They experience anger in the form of smoldering resentment. Uh, number two. The helper. Warm, caring, and giving. They are motivated by a need to be loved and needed and to avoid acknowledging their own needs. Number twos is pride. Twos direct all their attention and energy toward meeting the needs of others while disavowing having any of their own. Their secret belief that they alone know what's best for others and that they are indispensable reveals their prideful spirit. Number three. The performer, success-oriented, image-conscious, and wired for productivity. They are motivated by a need to be, or appear to be, successful and to avoid failure. Their deadly sin is deceit. Threes value appearance over substance, abandoning their true selves to protect a false crowd-pleasing image. Threes buy their own performance and deceive themselves into believing they are their persona. Number four, the romantic. Creative, sensitive, and moody, they are motivated by a need to be understood, experience their oversized feelings, and avoid being ordinary. Number four's uh, deadly sin here is envy. Fours believe they are missing something essential without which they will never be complete. They envy what they perceive to be the wholeness and happiness of others. And like I said, you, these, these deadly sins are not necessarily what defines them, but kind of more what they can slip into. The, the negative parts of the personality that people can slip into when, when they're not healthy, when they're stressed, when they're, when they're in, in the difficulties of life. Um, so maybe you might be identifying that you've been kind of walking in some of these uh, during this difficult you know, COVID season, COVID-19 season. Uh, number five, the investigator. Analytical, detached, and private. 
They are motivated by a need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and avoid relying on others. And theirs is avarice. Fives hoard those things they believe will ensure they can live an independent, self-sustaining existence. This, without, this withholding ultimately leads to their holding back love and affection from others. Number six, the loyalist. Committed, practical, and witty, they are worst-case scenario thinkers who are motivated by fear and the need for security. Theirs is fear. <laughs> fear is their deadly sin. Forever imagining worst-case scenarios and questioning their ability to handle life on their own, sixes turn to authority figures and belief systems rather than God to provide them with the support and security that they yearn for. Number seven, the enthusiast. Fun, spontaneous, and adventurous, they are motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. Uh, seven's you know, deadly sin is gluttony. Not a food, but to avoid painful feelings, sevens gorge themselves on positive experiences, planning and anticipating, that's a keyword, anticipating new adventures and entertaining interesting ideas. Never satisfied, the, the seven's frenzied pursuit of these distractions eventually escalates to the point of gluttony. Number eight, challenge, the challenger. Commanding, intense, and confrontational, they are motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. Theirs is lust. Eight's lust after intensity. It can be seen in the excessiveness they evidence in every area of their life. Domineering and confrontational, eights present a hard, intimidating exterior to mask vulnerability. Number nine, and finally number nine, the peacemaker. Pleasant, laid back, and accommodating. They are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict. Number nines is sloth. For nines, sloth refers not to physical, but to spiritual laziness. Nines fall asleep to their own priorities, personal development, and responsibility for becoming their own person. And it's, so it's interesting with this. Again, one of the reasons why I would really, really encourage you to pick up this book is that there is this, this, this diagram because it also talks about how um, there is a stress factor. There's a, tr a stress personality that you, that you run to the negative aspects of uh, when you feel stressed. But there's also a positive one that you run to or that you settle into uh, when you the, the positive aspects of one when you feel secure. Where, you know, where, do you, where do you run or where do you go? What kind of settle into when you feel like you are, have, have security in your life? So just for an example, I'm a seven on this list. And so mine is... You know, my pro proclivity is the fun, spontaneous, and adventurous one. You know, we're mo I'm motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. You know, to and to avoid painful feelings, sevens gorge themselves on positive experiences. I kind of did that this summer when he had had the weekends free. Every single, literally every single weekend, I was out camping, backpacking with my family, just going out and having adventures. Um, <laughs> so, planning and anticip anticipating. There's a key key word as well: anticipating always anticipating something you know, coming up uh, and entertaining idea and interesting ideas. I always entertain interesting ideas. Never satisfied the seven's frenzied pursuit of these distractions eventually escalates to the point of gluttony. Now, when it talks about um, stressors, I can go to a number one, the perfectionist, needing things in order, 
And if, if things are not in order in my life, uh, if we don't have a clean house, if I don't have a clean car, if I don't have things in, in order, you know, if my office is not orderly, if there's just chaos everywhere, I've got to just stop. My, my day stops and I have to go and organize everything. And so it's interesting. So that's kind of in the stresses of life. That's where I run to. Uh, is, is that that perfectionist mentality but it's interesting then I go into when I feel secure um, I become the investigator analytical and detached and private and motivated by a, gain, a gain, need to gain knowledge this is where my, my nerdy theological side comes from where I need to I need to you know where I feel like I'm, I can just settle in and you know spend hours just reading books and studying for my sermon and and just settle in and I just I just kind of become detached from things just you know, so um Sometimes, yeah, not all the time, but gaining, but also like gaining knowledge for the next adventure. So <laughs> a lot of times that's where it comes from. But so we have, you know, each one, each number has that, that stressor and that security, but also that you can tend to, oftentimes he talks about wing factors. So, you know, I'm seven with an eight proclivity or a seven with a six proclivity. So you have, you know, with a wing, you have, you know, you, you kind of lean more toward this area over here. So it's, it's a very wide variety. So it, like I said, it doesn't just put you into a box. It doesn't just put you into a corner. Um, uh, and so I, I would so highly, highly suggest you pick up um, the Enneagram and pick it up and, and understand it. Um, but understanding why. Why, you know, why does it glorify God to, to have a self-awareness? So understanding our proclivity for things. You know, understanding... You know, maybe sometimes I get distracted from responsibilities because I just am planning fun adventures and all sorts of things, uh, sorts of things, um, demanding a clean house and, and everything. And, and so with with a family and trying to, you know, and, uh, and trying to, to live my perfectionist you know, stressors sometimes or, or, you know, so that I'm not I'm not stressed out having to have everything in line and, and trying to help people and trying to, per, per, to perfect the world. And but the, 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 how do so? Why, why should I understand the negative parts of my personality, but also the positive? Like, that's the thing is, it's not just the negatives that you're understanding. It's the positives. It's what motivates you. What is your, because understanding, you, you, understanding your purpose, your, your reason, your cause for, that ignites you to get out of bed, that, that ignites you to get up out of bed in the morning. It sets you on fire, like motivates you. Like, what is it that motivates you? Because God wants you to be motivated. God wants you to be excited. And, but God, most importantly, here's the, here's the kicker. God wants you to live wisely. Wisely. Wisdom comes from knowledge. And wisdom is, is, you know, knowledge is knowing something, and wisdom is knowing what to do with it, knowing what to do with that knowledge. And so I want to, you know, this is Ephesians chapter 5. It says, therefore it says, Get up, sleeper. Wake up and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He continues on. Pay careful attention then how you live not as unwise people but as wise making the most of the time because the days are evil so don't be foolish but understand what the lord's will is that's the thing like wake up wake up pay attention put your put your goggles on engage the world engage life engage Understanding who you are and engage understanding who God is, because it, it, you know, understanding who you are, understanding having a keen self-awareness, understanding you know, having a wisdom about yourself. Because this thing is like the, the enneagram is based on the knowledge. It's kind of kind of this the self-awareness, the, the you know, growing gaining the knowledge of proclivities or or your know, personality types. Understanding that you have a personality, 
um, and, and just and not just like expecting everyone to be your personality in the world. Oftentimes, I think we can do that. We can we can kind of overlay our personality and how we perceive the world onto everyone else, and how and how and how they should perceive the world, and um, or we interpret their their actions through how we interpret the world versus understanding their actions through their personality. And so having a keen self-awareness, first and foremost, understand what, what triggers you. Number, this is number two. So first one, it glorifies God uh, to understand how to live in your own skin as an image bearer of God. Two, it helps you to understand what inspires you and triggers you, um, makes you live inside your own skin, uh, makes you better live inside your own skin, cultivate self-control, and as, as the Bible says, pay close attention to your life and live wisely. Number three, it helps you better understand what inspires and triggers others. Family, friends, coworkers, anyone you spend any, you know, spend a good amount of time around. It helps you understand them. It helps you understand what motivates them, what triggers them, uh, how they interpret and perceive the world. Uh, number four, it equips all of us to better minister to one another. Uh, in order to minister effectively to one another. We have to know how to truly know one another. And so to understand, you know, understanding another person in our church. So I, I just you know, found out another lady in our church was a one. And I kind of had a feeling. I was thinking, you're probably, it seems like a one. And then I, even just today, this morning, I texted my friend, oh, are you an eight? Or I'm sorry, are you a two? And she said, you're, she's an eight. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You're an eight? What? Do you, A, not perceive that I see that you're a two? <laughs> but, you know, not, but here's the important, important part. is not putting our interpretation of what someone is on them. We might perceive them, but that invites a conversation with them about that. You know, a conversation over the Enneagram. Maybe you guys sit down and, and talk about it. I know our, our, our Bloom at group has decided to actually pick up the book and read through this book as a part of their, their at group which is great to understand each other's personalities and how what makes each other tick. And so I think we'll probably be going through this with our men's group a little bit further on as well. Um, but so we, but the ultimate goal is of the self-awareness, of this keen awareness of our own, our own you know, paying attention to our own lives and trying to live wisely, you know, having the self-knowledge of a personality, but then also the wisdom to know what to do about it. How does it inspire us? How does it, because that's the thing is it even says in the book, you know, having this, this knowledge of your, of your number, you know, as an Enneagram, isn't an excuse like to say, oh, you know, so I, I am a, I'm a two. And so I have an excuse to not do this. No, it's, it, in, in fact, it gives you no more excuses. You know how you interact to expectations. And now, so you might have to get over some certain things, operate through your personality to press beyond the, the things that hinder you. Because in the book, it's interesting. So each chapter talks about um, each number and just goes into detail. But it also talks about you know, how they interact with w at work and how they interact with coworkers and relationships, uh, with, with you know, a dating relationship, marriage relationship. Um, it just goes on to describe how they, you know, their, tr their triggers and certain things. But it starts out each chapter with this is what a healthy seven looks like. This is what an average seven looks like. And this is what a, an unhealthy seven looks like. And it shows different de depiction of this. Um, but each one is inspiring because each one um, can, is motivated by something, is driven by something, and is inspired by something. And having a keen self-awareness of their weaknesses so they can work through it. So they can be inspired to grow and, and not, just, not so much come out of it, but to operate in the world positively because of the, what motivates them in their personality. And so 
Um, number five, it helps us to act wisely. Having understanding, knowledge, and wisdom to, to be wise about our lives, as it says. You know, not as, you know, pay, pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. The day, let's talk about that word, evil. It's that which leads to vanity or destruction. A life that means nothing or a life that is destruction. You know, this life around us is evil. It is destructive. It is vanity. It is, you know, as the author of Ecclesiastes talks about, you know, vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. Everything is, is meaningless. Meaningless, meaning, meaningless. And so how do you live a meaningful, purpose-filled life? That's what we all, all of us want to live. A meaningful life with purpose, with reason. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be a teenager or, or a kid. You can be you know, a, a middle adult or a median adult or an elderly person watching this. And, and, you, and you can still, you may look back in your life, well, what was the purpose of my life? There's still time. Because there's always time. Live your life and do it on purpose. Do, live your life and do it with a reason, motivated, inspired, wise. Live your life as wise. So don't be foolish, but understand what? What the Lord's will is. Understand what God's will is for your life. And the Enneagram is a great way to understand who God has created you to be. And it also can, can give you a glimpse into, as you pray through and as you read scripture and you, as you're listening to Holy Spirit, you can understand what is my purpose? What is my reason for existing that ignites me to get out of bed in the morning? and live a life on purpose, wisely, because the days are evil. And as we interact more and more every day with different people in our lives, I think we can, we can see that. Having conversations with, with, with people and, and uh, employ, you know, people like businesses, having conversations, I just had a conversation over text message with someone just about you know, their interaction with Social Security, you know, an, an organi- a government organization, and, and just how frustrating it is that it seems like more and more people just don't care there, there's this this continual and, uh, and this escalation, especially now with you know with the face mask mandates and with the social distancing and the isolation and all these things. That there's this this rising sense of just uncaring, callousness. The, you know, the thing, the days are evil, as it says in scripture. Um, and I think I think we can see that in our world now more more than ever. And so how do we operate? How do you live in your life in a way that is wise, in a way that is Life, that is life-giving, that is glorifying to the Lord, understanding what the Lord's will is for your life, for your life, for, for in the life of your family. How do you live in this life, however much time you've got, we've got left, uh, and doing it on purpose, doing it with a passion, doing it, doing it, living our lives motivated to live God's will, to live God's intention for us, because God has a God has a plan for us. God has a plan for you, he, that He wants you to accomplish, uh, to bring life. To, to bring people to, to, to faith in Jesus Christ and to bring people to, you know, as it says, those who are dead in your trespasses and sins, those who are dead in our lives, those who are living in the evil generation, those who are making this an evil generation this, this, these, these days, the people that are making these days evil, uh, God wants to restore them to life. God wants to restore each of us to flourishing and joy and, and, and truth 
And, and I think that this, under, this beginning with this self-awareness is a place to start, to begin with, with gaining a keen awareness so that we can live wise lives in this, in, you know, in this evil time, in this evil generation. Um, so I hope that this has been a good uh, introduction to this. I, I think we'll be talking more about this as we, as this kind of becomes, it seems like this you know, becoming more and more of the culture uh, here at Shift Church. Um, and again, I, I, ho- I hope and pray that you will pick up this book. It has been incre- in, incredibly in, in, influential and, and uh, beneficial to, to my life and, and the way that I feel like I'm leading and ministering as a pastor. So, uh, and I believe that it can do and, and uh, incre- increasingly even more for your lives. And so I hope it, it'll be a beneficial tool for you. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, uh, shoot me an email, uh, alan, A-L-A-N, at theshiftchurch.com, uh, or message us through the, uh, through the, the contact portal on the website, uh, or me- direct message us on social media. So love you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.